The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of Maggie Miller. Hi, I'm Claudio Simonetti from Claudio Simonetti's Goblin, and I'm here on Radioactive Metal. metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Pros at Cons episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 758, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go out there, check out the coffee. At the very least, get on the mailing list, because if you're on the mailing list, you will know about the special collaborations that Snowy and I know about that you might not. So you'll find those things out. You'll know. You'll know when there's something new coming out. You'll know when they're working with new bands. And if you subscribe, you won't run out of coffee. Who doesn't like that? Oh, and Mm -hmm. you're also going to learn like important things. If you follow them on social media, you will learn deep 
deep thought, philosophical thoughts here, such as the existence of a coffee maker mm. implies the existence of a coffee destroyer. Ooh, that's not a nice thought. Well, it is if you're the one destroying the coffee, right? Don't you put on a pot of coffee and then just destroy that? Uh, I guess so, yes. See? Okay. You, Snowy, are the coffee destroyer. Uh, okay, I got to remember that, yes. Yeah. So, True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Possess yourself a cup today. What's happening, Snowman? Well, uh, for myself right now, I have a, a big-ass cup of True Cult Coffee going here in my relatively new... Amityville Horror Mug. It's one of those. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we every October during the spooky season, we always frequent Spirit, this the Spirit of Halloween store. Me too. And they have that one section full of the huge, big ass mugs with the designs from various horror movies and all that. We have. So many, okay, and our longtime listeners will will already know this, but we have we have so many mugs of music and movies and pop culture and all that. Uh, we're never going to use all of them, you know. But I can't not get it when I see like this kick-ass mug. Okay, Amityville Horror. It's got the the black silhouette of the house. Okay. And on the side, the handle is a bloody axe going into the the side there. And it says, get out, you know, on the other side. So, yeah, I'm enjoying a, uh, a kick-ass <clears throat> cup of True Cavalt's coffee right now. And, man, I need it. It's been a... Uh, it's been a rough last couple weeks. Our apologies to... All of our regular listeners that, excuse me, discovered that there was no episode last week. But um, once again, uh, life kind of got in the way at the top of the hop there. You heard a dedication to one Maggie Miller. Well, if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, that's for obvious reasons. That's because um, that was my mother-in-law. Mrs. Snowy's mother, who had recently passed away. So, uh, yeah, we thought we would at least, you know, give her the proper respects here. Thank you, everyone, for that. So that's kind of what um, everything that was going on around uh, <laughs> around my neck of the woods. I hope things are doing much better for you and yours down in your neck of the woods, Aaron. Um, yeah, so. man. It's, it's been pretty pretty good here. It's been busy. My son yeah. had performances this past weekend. My daughter had a volleyball tournament. We're trying to figure out where he's going to school next year because mm. his current school only goes up through a certain grade. So right. we're going to figure that out. So, yeah. It's been uh, busy. Okay. Well, that's kind of a good busy. Um, all throughout the month of October, too, I've been kind of busy myself before, you know, all of this started, all of this started to um, happen with my um, my annual October horror movie challenge. It is the 24th 
as we speak, and I've got 22 officially in the books. So, yeah, I kind of, with everything that was going on, kind of uh, had to, uh, I lost a couple of steps, shall we say, but I'm going to uh, catch up with them as soon as possible. Um, but to, uh, but we got a lot going on this episode. Uh, we got we got a nice stack of wax here, and there was some cool stuff going on in my life that I kind of want to get into with today's discussion. So, as my dad would say, let's get on with the grunt here with our mandatory metal segment, courtesy of the good folks at a True Cavalt Coffee. This week is the sixth, the thirty-sixth anniversary of the classic Sacrifice album, Forward to Termination. That second record that, um, while the Torment and Fire record, you know, did the thing here in Canada for them, I think it was that second record that kind of, kind of got their uh more headway into the uh international underground scene so i wanted to acknowledge that fantastic record and just the great people in sacrifice we've we've had them on the show one of the guys gus the drummer i i keep uh you know i'm on facebook with him we chat as much as we can so i thought we'd do something for that one of my all-time favorite songs you know and I, I keep thinking man if i was to sit down and write a list of like the 25 fav- favorite songs of all time man that would be hard after you get past like the first four or five that's when it gets kind of tricky oh, yeah. but i know but i know reanimation off of that amazing record would definitely be in the conversation for what so once again our mandatory metal section this is sacrifice
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Well, hey, dude, what's going on? All right. You know this Dixon Flannel Company that I get stuff from occasionally? Mm-hmm. Well, they, for their horror season, uh, put out uh, a Gilman special flannel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's it's cool. It's like, hang on, where is it? It's over. Oh, I dropped it on my dog. No wonder she just got up and looked at me funny. Um, <laughs> it's like a real nice green blue kind of thing. You know, very, very aquatic. Oh, sorry, Mocha. Um, but... <clears throat> Uh, it's it's cool and it's got like a creature from the Black Lagoon print on the inside, so I had to pick that one. Mm-hmm. Up. Um, super cool. And then we've also been going to Spirit. Right on. And every every year I go and I get the um, Universal Monsters like keychain blind bags. Okay. And this year on my second try, I got the one I've been waiting for: the creature from the Black Lagoon. Excellent. Yeah. Super excited. And I got a cool werewolf mask that scared the crap out of my dogs. <laughs> I, I didn't spirit. even think about it. Like, I, I put it on because I was trying it out. And it's one of those animated ones where you move your jaw and the face moves, all that sort oh, of stuff, you know? Oh, shit. looked a little too real. Uh, well, that's just it. So I walk out, and the little one just starts losing her mind. I'm like, what's going on? And then the big dog comes out. And she starts acting all weird. And you can tell that, that, like, they recognize my scent, but not the rest. And they're just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So then I growl, and they both jump back. (laughs) Right? So that was fine. But but then the little one is like, I don't know if it clicked that it was just me messing with him. Or if in her mind she's like, he's a dog now! Yes! You know, because oh, all of a sudden yeah. she okay. has totally warmed up to me. You know, so mm. I don't know, but it was still pretty funny. Yeah. So, um, have you seen the Meg too? Yes. All right. What's your thoughts? Um. Okay. Apparently, like Mrs. Snowy absolutely loves the books. Oh, see, I haven't read the books. I should probably and, read those. Yeah, you definitely should because there's actually. She said there's very little, okay? Like they take the basic prem- the the basic premise of the book and then they turn the movie into just this big popcorn movie, which okay, you know, I'm kind of good with that. Yeah. But yeah, like if if they were to actually have uh as as much as I enjoyed it, I really think that if they stayed more true to the novel, which probably would have meant a bigger budget and and all, and all that, you would okay. definitely would have seen a very different film. Well, you've seen you've seen the first one, then, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought the first one was fine. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, there's a story I could follow it. Big shark movie, action film, fine. But this one, didn't you feel like there were plot holes? Well. Um, yeah, I'm kind of like how, yeah, there, there, there was, I don't know how much I I actually want to say because I know the movie's available on Crave now, the, the Crave. Well, in the the, U.S., it's streaming on HBO Max. And I think it's also on just HBO. So, you know, anybody should be able to have seen it by now. Right. But 
I mean, just like, you know, and I, I like the little girl. She's the same little girl from the last one, right? He's he's mm-hmm. now raising her, but what happened to the mom? That's like glossed over. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and just even like the whole the whole plot with what happens on the seafloor. You're telling me that these Megs notice everything, but you were able to build a complete underwater base? Yeah. Like and, <laughs> and you've also been exploring this for the last five years. You missed that? Mm-hmm. I, like, just there's so many plot holes. There has to be other explanations somewhere. So, I, like, I watch. I've watched it two or three times now, and I'm like, okay, it, it's getting better. Like, I, I mean, I enjoy it, and you know, like, it, it's all plausible enough for me. Like, the people that are like, oh, that could never happen with the sharks, and they're trying, like, like let that go. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, you got to suspend disbelief. Yeah, let yeah. that go. Like, I, I, I just need questions answered. Like, what happened to the to, to the lady from the last one? Right, I can't remember her name right now. I can't remember if she was Sue Sue Young Sue Ming. Oh, and yeah. Well, Mary. no, she, she had just passed away. I think. I think they said it was cancer or whatever. That, but that's kind of like the go-to. Oh, but yeah. I don't even think they said anything. They just like flashed her face up in the movie i'm like well that's like a big like mm. cover up like i mean this isn't a soap opera this isn't days of our lives yeah. you know yeah like whatever so anyway yeah i mean i i i'd still tell anybody to watch it you know because mm. and if there's a third one i'm gonna watch that too oh yeah, yeah. i recommend it we have we have, we had a lot we had, like we 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 checked them out in the theaters and you know they even gave Mrs. Snowy a couple good jump scares and oh a, yeah it's a, it's a great time it's a great oh, time yeah. J- jump scares oh yeah mm-hmm. there's some really great suspenseful stuff and I gotta say I was really happy with the way some of the evil characters died mm-hmm. oh yeah and that's that's kind of the idea yeah yeah I really enjoyed that yeah it was fun. Definitely a fun movie. Definitely good for this time of year. Um, let's see here. What else I got to say? I feel like it was something along that lines. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I got nothing else, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, busy week, I understand. I totally understand everything because I actually, just in terms of uh, my mental fix, I don't really have a lot going on. I'm going to... I'm going to share the biggest chunk of what would have this would have been part of my metal fix, but we're going to save it for the discussion a little bit in a little bit here. But um, I did take in a really cool show. The legendary GBH, you know, the the British punk British punk band from, you know, like, holy shit, they've been doing this 40 years almost. You know, they definitely had been around for a while when I was a teenager. And uh, that's a long time for punk. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And years ago, you know, they had been to Winnipeg, you know, a couple times in the past. But for one reason or another, I just couldn't make it. So believe it or not, and a lot of our longtime listeners are going to be surprised by this. But, you know, this past week was the first time ever catching you know the immortal gbh live and 
the the whole show definitely delivered. It was on a Monday night of all of all times. Okay, but uh, the uh, the park theater, you know, where the show was put on, was still pretty packed. But you know, it's not like a, when a legendary, uh, you know, when a legendary band like that comes through town, you kind of got to be there for once. Okay. I I wasn't the oldest one at a show, <laughs> you know, because when a band like this comes through town, you know, there's going to be people that were older than me when, you know, during the band's heyday, you know, but, but on the other hand, I certainly wasn't the youngest. There was a good mix of men, women, gray hair you know, barely out of their teens. It was a good mix and it was a good time. So, um, I, I definitely can't argue with that. Um, That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I don't know, like we haven't, we, we haven't done any interviews <clears throat> on this show for about a year now. And I've, I've already said why, you know, after, you know, 16 years of constant interviews and all that, I was getting a little burnt out, kind of need to take a break. I get about halfway through this GBH show and it's like, man, why are we not talking to them? <laughs> you know, why, why was I not here earlier and having them on what would be this episode and all that? So, yeah, it's going to be one of those um, rock and roll regrets. Uh, I discovered a really cool band just by accident. I'm just in the car. You know, I got my phone hooked up to the car, car stereo, going through YouTube. I discover a really cool trad metal band called Helms Deep. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Are you, are you you're familiar with Lord of the Rings? Um, Yes. Okay, in the first, okay, in the second movie, The Two Towers, The Battle. Okay, Dude, the battle, I've seen yes. them. They were long, and it's like 20 <laughs> years ago. Okay, well, that was, that, that first battle, that was the battle at Helm's Deep. Well, see, when you tell me Helm's Deep, I'm thinking like the helmet is called a helm. Oh. So I'm thinking like they're chopping <laughs> off their head or something like that. Oh, well. No, no, great, great traditional band. Just, I accidentally stumbled upon them. Their album, Treacherous Ways. I was cranking that in the car. Really good stuff. Really recommend it. And um, let's get into some music here with a cool album that uh, came across my desk. Unfortunately, it's going to be a while. I'm sorry, we're going to be jumping the gun a bit here but i want to uh i want to share this record with all of our listeners now december 1st courtesy of the good folks at massacre records um canadian thrash legends aggression will drop their new record frozen aggressor you're not gonna you know frozen canadian band Oh, not, I'm sorry. I, I immediately oh. went to Elsa and <laughs> let it go. Let it go. There, there, there we go. Fair enough. Fair enough. There is another Frozen 
movie that 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 predates the Disney ones, where um, these two people are uh, the they're skiing and they're trapped on a ski lift up in the you know in the middle of the in 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 the middle of the ride. They had shut down this the ski resort had shut down, and now they're stuck in the winter. That sounds awful. On this, yeah, yeah, and it was a hell of a film. So, and my daughter, okay, little little Snowy, who loves the Frozen movie, every once in a while, like when Frozen comes up, I'll always, I'll, I'm a smart ass, okay. No. Yeah, yeah. What the heck you say? <laughs> yeah, I'll say, I'll say, yeah, Frozen was a great movie. Oh, I loved it and all that, and she's like, oh, here it comes. He's talking about that one, you know, and sure enough, of course, I, <laughs> I, I am. It's it's the same thing with uh, she loves as a kid and even now she loves movies with dogs and cats and just mammals, you know. And so Does once again, include people <laughs> or only like mammals that walk on all four legs. No, no yeah, yeah. Like, by, you know. Yeah, like dogs and cats and all that. That's kind of her thing in movies. So, uh, like I said, I'm kind of a wise guy. And I'm like, I know a really good puppy dog movie. It's called Cujo. Okay. <laughs> have, you, have, have, have you seen Cujo? <laughs> you, you, that, that's a good puppy dog movie. You like that one? Yeah, there's one called Dog Soldiers. Yeah, like the, the, the werewolf movie. Yeah, that's a good puppy dog movie. I like that one. And that, that's when she's had enough of me, you know. Like, good night, Dad. Yeah, yeah, you're done. <laughs> you're done, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's drop a track here. From, from the mighty aggression, from the aforementioned frozen aggressor, this is a circus of deception.
dark of the night, something strange is going on.
That was the mighty GBH, Grievous Bodily Harm, from their latest record, Momentum, that is Us Against the World. And before that, that was, once again, the aforementioned Helm's Deep. Um, as I was going through the, you know, I was as I was giving this record a listen, you know, it's like, hey, I really want to play this for the show. What track do I want to do? Hmm. It's the spooky season. How about Headless Horseman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That song, I think, kind of fits into the uh, spirit of things. With, with GBH, okay, the Grievous Bodily Harm. Okay. Um, I'm always forever teasing and ribbing Mrs. Snowy, okay? Always. And I'm, and I'm always going to. I'm going to be on my deathbed and I'm I'm going to say something to make her laugh or get her to, you know, you know, that's just just what I've done and what I, I will always do. When she finally has enough of me, she'll kind of do what I call the little wife slap, you know, or it's just women in general on guys where they just they kind of give you a little slap on the arm or the shoulder. Yeah. You know, like all women do that. My wife does it to me. My daughter does it to me. My female friends, my co-worker. It's just it's just what they do. Well, every once in a while when the wife does that, I'll grab my arm and go, oh, oh, oh grievous bodily harm. Oh, 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 that was a vicious attack. Oh. Oh, the humanity. Oh, it's like, it's like, that's, that's, yeah, when I've had it, that's it. I've had enough of you. Just like those Friday nights, okay? <laughs> when I, when I'm not doing anything and, you know, we're just, we're just hanging out at home and she's had enough of me and she's like, where are your friends? Isn't there something going on at Bulldogs? Don't you have a show to go to? Why are you still here bugging me? all that but that's that's just never going to change one of the things that are never going to change in snowy matter are attending cons conventions okay we're the matter of fact this weekend coming up as we speak is the winner is the uh winnipeg comic comic con coming up um and that's that's the big one. Like you have you have the you have the big the the big Winnipeg Comic Con at the convention center. Okay. Yeah. And you know where you know it's a huge it's a huge thing. That's the one everyone goes to. They bring in the um, the the celebrity guests coming in, and like that is it. You know, people dress up. Because it's the it's the Halloween weekend and all that, and it's it's a huge thing, not only for Snowy Manor, but it's a huge thing for Winnipeg. All throughout the year, though, there are smaller cons where, you know, some people you know um, rent out a ballroom in a hotel, and you you don't have as many booths. There's no. Um, there's no celeb there's there's no celebrity autographs or anything like that it's just people selling their wares those are always a good time and we attend as many of those as we can and the one that i really dig that just happened 
is the Manitoba Record and Music Convention. Okay, and where it says it's it's not it's not huge. Okay, it's it's scaled down. It's like one one room, but you know there's a good twenty twenty five booths, and there's always a lot of uh, a lot of wares being hacked. You know, so um, hacked. No. No, what 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 do you call it when you're schlep schlepping your wares? Selling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what's that? (laughs) I don't know. What's what's kind of? I'm curious. How long is like how long has this con been going on? The uh, which one? The Manitoba? Yeah, the the, 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 the musical record con. Yeah, the record. Um. About five years now. Okay, well that's 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 good. So it's still in its infancy, right? Mm-hmm. And see that that's what I think is cool is you've got new stuff starting. Because I think there used to be something like that in Pittsburgh, and I feel like I went to one once or twice. Yeah, this would be back in the nineties, and it wasn't great. It wasn't a lot of fun. Um, but I'm I'm curious if record and music conventions are going to come back more because because of vinyl coming back. Uh, that's it exactly, because the majority of the uh, of the booths were were vinyl. Yeah, there were some CDs and uh, par and and paraphernalia and all that. But for the most part, a good eighty percent of the booths were predominantly vinyl. Like booths also had, you know, books, magazines, you know, which I always made sure, you know, whenever I see a, whenever I see a stack of magazines at a, at any sort of convention, I make sure I got to flip through it because I know I'm going to be walking out with, I know I'm going to be walking out with, with, with something. So yeah, it's. How about concert photography? um, Like live um, I there was one one booth, yeah, that had uh, he was peddling his wares. That's that's the expression I was looking for. Yes, this this photographer was peddling his wares, selling live concert pictures and all that. So that that is a thing too. Yes, yeah. Um, basically, if anything to do with music you know, we'll have those fingers will be in the, in, in that pie for sure. So, and it's, it's, it's always a lot of fun. It's like, even, okay, I bought way too much. I spent way, way too much. Um, But even if you're not going to go to buy a whole whack of stuff, I would totally recommend if you're a music fan, just, just pay the five bucks to get in. And browse, you know, go speak to speak to all of the uh, to the vendors, talk to everyone at the booths, you know, talk, talk about music and, uh, you know, it it can be a social event as well. You know, so I would uh, that's that's one of the that's one of the attractions it's the same thing as as we've said before just going into your local shop 
Yeah. You know, every, every Saturday or, or sometime, you know, like you end up getting into a chat with the owner or the clerk or, you know, just you don't get that on Spotify. <laughs> you know, it's something, you know, I'm always going to say. Now, Sorry? are bootlegs still a thing? Um, concert. Like, uh. Well, yeah, like live bootlegs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple, and I've and I've bought a couple of those, which I don't mind. I really don't think any money is, you know, coming out of anyone's pocket, or they're not losing anything, or no, there's, you know, for just someone making a live video, it was the same thing when we were teenagers, the whole live tape trading thing, when people would bring their Walkmans to a concert and record the concert, make yeah. a couple copies, send it out to your buddies and, and all that. I had no ethical problems with that. But I didn't like doing um, dubbing albums, you know, but live tapes and demo tapes, that's, that was a thing. And I, that's the way I kind of, I, I kind of view those. So yeah, that's, that's a thing, like, like not a lot. Like, there is one booth that I see there every year. But, yeah, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, it used to oh. be when I go to stuff like that, that was the majority of what you found. Oh, you okay. Know, like, lots of live photos and then just bootlegs. Bootleg concert recordings like crazy. Like, hey, this is Ramones 77 CBGB. This is the Ramones California 78, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, sure. and I mean, like, that's what I would, I would also go find imports. You know, I mean, like, oh, yeah. I, I, I feel like the just the market has just changed so much since, you know, since I was a kid. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, it really, it really has. And I guess it's changed a lot since everybody was a kid, you know, in one form or another, depending on who we're talking to here. But I just remember, I just remember like, I would go and that would be how I'd find all the hard to find stuff. You know, like, like that's where I get an import Rollins Band CD that had tracks that aren't released on the U.S. version, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, for sure. Like, for, fortunately... We had this wicked, wicked record shop, and I've I've talked about it on on the show here many times over the years. It's called Re Records on Wheels. Okay. It was a it was a metal punk hard rock, um, most mostly vinyl, some some cassettes, and uh, they had the import section, and you can tell they were imported because of the significantly high higher price. Okay. So imports, I always had access to those awesome, obscure imports because of this of this wicked shop. But I'm glad you mentioned imports because that is some of the cool things that I had found. So when we kind of get to um, some of the treasures that I found, and I got some cool stories to go to to go along with them as well. So remind me when when we kind of get to that. What, what what else did you you want to like like some 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 of the cool things that 
that that kind of the the cool things about you know um cons right well yeah so right like, like so th- this is this is a pretty young con it's fi- 5 years mm-hmm. old vinyls making a comeback and so this sort of thing starting back up right and mm-hmm. what i wonder is you know why right like is there really that much of a demand for vinyl is it the social aspect or is it just because we all enjoy some form of pop culture you know no matter what that is like i i use the san diego comic-con as an example because at one point the san diego comic-con was just a little local show like any local show Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. now it's it's become like the world event for the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. you know. And how it got to those epic proportions, I'll never know. You know, there's got to be certain choices they all made along the way. But it just has has the success of that led to there to be other cons that are even more niche worthy like for example there's a monster palooza con right and, mm-hmm. and i think there's other horror cons but i've never really seen any oh, in my lots. area but like mm-hmm. monster palooza is like a big one in la you know and then like you've got the godzilla um the g-fan convention that happens in chicago every year right so you know do those I don't know. Do you think those have benefited from the popularity of the San Diego Comic Con in any way, or do you think they're all operating separate of each other? Um, I think. Okay, well, the, there were cons for for horror films long before the San Diego really took off. Like I remember thirty years going to the Fangoria convention in Toronto, Mrs. Snowy and I. We were just dating at the time. We jumped a plane. We wanted to meet. Tom, Tom Savini and Linnea Quigley and Herschel Gordon Lewis and and just have a really good time at this. So they've been around, but I think the San Diego Comic Con is the blueprint. Okay, and it's it was probably the inspiration for a lot of the more newer ones that um, that it's like okay. You know, not not everyone is traveling every year to San Diego, and that's probably is as big as it is for the city of San Diego. I'm sure it's also a uh, a huge number of people that the reason why this con got so big was people traveling from other parts of California. You know, sur- surrounding states for the the rest of the states, even internationally. I'm sure, you know, like there's a lot of geeks out there. This is their planned vacation thing. It's just like pro wrestling fans. Right. And, um, you know, every year there's people that travel to see WrestleMania here in the wonderful world of metal. You got people every year that go to uh, Vakken. Right. That go to that go to the Maryland Death Fest. Well, see, and, and you bring up a good that. point here because I've really been thinking about starting to travel to see, like Monster Palooza. 
um, or the GVN mm-hmm. convention. Because you know we, we've we've documented ad nauseum at this point that nothing really comes here. And if it does right. come here, I do my best to get out and see it. So I can just be like, thank you for coming. Please come back. You know, and but while, while we've got a couple cool vinyl shops and there's, you know, there's more popping up every day. I, I don't think we have the, I don't know if I want to say the culture the clientele. I just, I don't feel like we have a lot of record collector collectors down here. Right. So we, we've right. got, um, there are four vinyl shops I can think of off the top of my head. One of them is, you know, monster music that's been around for a while and they're, they're massive and they sell everything. Right. It's, it's like a, a superstore for music and movies. Mm-hmm. And then there's a small shop right in town, a couple miles from my house. There's a shop that apparently used to be in New York, but relocated to Charleston. Um, and it's funny because the guy who Holy owns it, well, no, wow. it, it, it gets even funnier because okay. the guy who um, operates my local hot dog shop in town, um, Puma's Italian Ice Shack. He was telling me about, and it's called like Record Stop CHS, I think is what they call it. But he was saying, you know, when he was a kid growing up in the neighborhood, he's like, yeah, there's a record stop. I used to go there every week. And I'm downtown in Charleston. And I'm like, whoa, record stop? They had one of these in New York when I was a kid. And I walk (laughs) in, same guy behind the counter, and he recognizes me. Whoa. Nice. Right. Right? You don't get... You don't get that on Spotify. No, it just, it just, how, how cool is that? Right. So, that's so amazing. that's kind of cool. So like retiring and getting something like that coming down here. And then there's like another one, like in our park circle area. So there, there's four that I can think of. There's at least one that I believe has started and ended. I believe that was one was called the vinyl countdown. Um, like oh, it nice. came on strong and then disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones, you know, you're like Monster's been around for years now, and they do all kinds of great in stores. They had Baroness in store. Oh, okay. I can't believe I forgot to talk about that on the show. <laughs> um, but just all kinds of you know great great stuff, and like like locally here, I couldn't see us getting like a convention, like probably like an hour and a half away in Columbia. I would have to drive for it, you know, Okay. but it, it just, it, I don't, I'm not even 100% sure where I'm going with this. I guess just, you know, you guys have had it going for five years. Do you feel like it's still growing? Do you feel like it's leveling off? Do you feel like it's going to go back down? What, like what, um, what are you seeing here? Right now it's been at this place for the, the last couple of years. Um, even the the previous place, it was just about the same size and all that. I'm just thinking in terms of uh, demand for uh, vendors, yeah. like vendor demand, booth booth demand. I don't know if they've okay. We've we've max we've sold out of the potential space, and they had to turn people away. That would be interesting to uh, to find out. Um, if if there's more 
um, if there's more interest than what it seems right now, okay, um, like we don't we we don't see it. I mean, you know, like uh, they seem to have have it seemed interest seems to have maxed out the last three years. I guess. Well, you know, and you just brought up a really good thing I didn't think about. Um, the vendors, right? So, mm-hmm. I have I have I have a buddy, and he made his living for a handful of years, going around the country to like various like fairs, motorcycle shows, and what have you, selling T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And so his his boss, you know, had this T-shirt business and he would travel around the country with them. They would tow a big trailer, you know, set up and just sell T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and like he eventually got tired of that life because, I mean, they were, you know, you're, you're, you're traveling constantly and it's not, you know, it's not like you get to perform or anything like that. You're just seeing kind of the same stuff all the time. But, right. you know, if... You know, for a con to grow, you have to have a way to draw people. Like obviously, San Diego. San Diego. At one point, if you were a young artist and you could get a booth in Artist Row, that'd be a big boost to your career. Whether you found extra work that way, or people found the comic you're working on, or whatever your art was. And I think there are even like artists who would just travel around to different cons, like in like you know, let's say like a 150 mile radius or, or something like that and just mm-hmm. work the different cons and make a good living just selling sketches. Right. So is that, is that still viable? Right. Like is there enough people that want to buy music or anything really? Right. Like, like I feel like t-shirt sales are almost always going to do well. You yes. know, like, and, uh-huh. and I'm curious, were they selling T-shirts at the, at the record show? Um, no, like, no, I don't, I don't recall seeing. Yeah, yeah, considering, like, this day and age, okay, that's where bands, a band, I, like a young, like a young independent band, you know, even if signed on to Metal Blade or Prosthetic yeah. or, 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 or what have you, their main source of income is still the t-shirt. Yeah. It's still merch. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, so I'm that's kind of surprise. Yeah. Yeah. But is, is this still a way for, you know, especially even the people that would be the draw, right? Is, is this still, is it still viable? You know, like, like, or are people just kind of sick of it? Well, I don't think, um, the the only way a, a record con, you know, for what for for what you're thinking, an yeah. independent artist or like, if an independent record label, okay, like if uh, if there was a uh, if if there was a San Diego um, sized music convention, okay. I I would have to think that Metal Blade would want to set up shop because they're so, based in California. That, that's a great point. It would it would work with right. that for them. Well, so that's a that's a really great point. So, 
how does you know and honestly like your manitoba music festival record show whatever it's called is the only one i know of right that i can even think of so how would they attract metal blade no they wouldn't like not you know what about like prosthetic or seasons of mist i don't yeah i don't see an internationally renowned label coming to winnipeg to set to set up shop for a day you know i just that just that that wouldn't be very very viable because there's just because okay if you were to now even if it was just a straight metal convention with the same and well okay maybe (laughs) okay we would be viable for winnipeg okay if it was the manitoba metal fest or con and they had and bands were playing in another room and you had celebrity metal related celebrities just 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 doing autographs and 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 all that and if it was a destination con if it got to the point where it was a destination con then I could see uh, a like a like a metal blade or a prosthetic or a massacre taking that chance. It would be a chance. First of all, they would have to do it once, test the waters. Is is this viable for us to do it again? You know, getting the getting our wares there, paying for the you know for the setup to the con itself. Did we sell enough? You know, it's it it would be kind it would be kind of a gamble. And if it worked, then that would snowball, you know, that 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 would snowball more interest, you know, because word gets around. Okay. Our show, for example, okay, like one of these labels, and I'm not gonna throw out a, a bunch of names. You know, we were we were we were given them airplay, and then all of a sudden, you know, I go, you know, to I go on on onto my 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 computer where our our submissions are given, and all of a sudden, we got all the labels sending us stuff and all that. So labels talk to one another, and just from working within the industry, like you like you and I do, I've had. Uh, we've worked with people that were were a PR for this place, and then they were PR for this label, and they were PR now over you know company X, and we've maintained contact with them, you know through throughout all the years. So labels talk. So if one of those labels had you know a productive experience. Then all of a sudden, this label is going to be looking into it. This one, this one, this one. Before you know it, it it that I think in that situation, yeah, it it, it would work. But uh, there's a lot of chipping away at the stone first. <laughs> like it wouldn't it wouldn't just happen overnight. Yeah, uh-uh. yeah, and I and I just like I'm I'm glad to see that there are still newer cons that are still going on. And I just, I don't know, I just hope it keeps going on. Because, like, even, like, our local Comic-Con, it shrunk a little bit the last couple of years. But I, I think okay. that, you know, COVID just made people 
decide like, well, is this the best place for me to go? Am I going to make enough money here? You know, because mm. it's got to be financially viable for somebody to travel to be the vendor. Um, <laughs> and I just want to see that stuff keep going. And I mean, that's why, you know, my son and I go every year, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, no, it, it's a family thing. I'm even dressing up for the Comic-Con this, this weekend. Like, um, my daughter dresses up, you know, in a Star Wars or a super character, superhero character every year. And yeah, we're, uh, we're going to have a good time. I'd like to, uh, share some of the treasures that I found at yeah. the, uh, at, at the Manitoba Record and Music Con here. I have some cool, interesting stories behind some of them, um, for, first of all, one of the keys to uh, to successful con convention nav- navigation, shall we say, is okay. Don't no no matter what you find in your first couple booths, okay. Don't blow your wad there. What I do is I go and I have a lay of the land. Go and check out every booth, you know. And then go back to the beginning, make a mental note of all the cool stuff that that um, that you would be interested in getting. And hopefully, as you do your second loop, that stuff is still available. You know, I know you understand. Like, I understand you're kind of running the, the risk of losing something, you know, because before you know it, you know, the guy behind you has his uh, his eye on the same thing and he's ready to buy it and before you know it well you're 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 out of luck so that's kind of the way i do things unless you find those releases those records those those pieces that you know no matter what else i find it's going to be hard to top that yeah what you find in your first run that happened with me with two awesome imported compilation albums okay um back 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 in the day the record labels you know like music for nations and what would eventually turn into road the roadrunner records that we knew but before roadrunner went through the roof with your Slipknots and your Nickelbacks and all that. They were a really cool, um, modest, uh, heavy metal label. Okay. And one of the ways they got their, their stuff known is through various different compilations and their own, they make their own sampler comps and all that. And going back to what you were saying, about the imports okay first run i ran into this 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 one booth and i'm going through the metal section and i see these two awesome compilations okay metal battle the new generation of heavy metal sampler okay and music for nations presents hell on earth Okay, and these are compilations going back to the early to mid-80s. Okay, the Metal Battle had old, old, early, early stuff from Raven Anvil, 
Merciful Fate, Tank, Venom, Satan, and even the Santers as well. I needed that one. Okay. The other one, the Hell on Earth, had um, tracks from Kill 'em All. Okay, from Manowar, from Rats first EP before wow. it got picked up by by a major label, the 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 Sweet Cheater song, another Merciful Fate track, Tank. You remember Talis, Billy Sheehan's oh, band? Yeah. yeah. There's a track we got, we got Virgin Steel. They got a couple songs and all that. These two comps, okay. And I was a teenager. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a whole hell of a lot of dis- disposable income. I always had to be um, kind of specific about what I bought, you know, until I got a job and had more disposable and all that. So I would see these two comps at that aforementioned Records on Wheels. But they were always a little pricier because they're imported. Okay. So unfortunately, I didn't get them at the time. But uh, I saw these two comps. And you know, when you see something and you just kind of... Something... Okay, the first time you see like an awesome movie trailer. And you just... You're not really saying anything. You're just kind of focused. And you're just kind of staring. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay. Sold. I need these two. And then I told them why. You know, it's like, because I remember these when I was a teenager at the old Records on Wheels. Were you? Did you ever go to Records on Wheels? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure maybe maybe we would have saw one another and all that. And it's just like. Oh, absolutely fantastic. So I had to grab those. Okay. Um, and another thing that um, a good gauge for your own for your own self, okay, when you see a record, do you go, ooh, okay? Because that—that's—that's that's what I did. I was going through this. I've—I've—I've I've, I've already done the first sweep. I'm going back. I'm—I'm I'm checking out a booth. Sure enough, I see, and the album "Evil Game" by the band Blackout. This goes back to 1984. It was one of those albums. It wasn't an. It wasn't. It wasn't an import, but um, it was just one that I never got, you know, because you can't get everything. Well, as as I'm as I'm flipping through it, sure enough, I see the familiar cover. I had I had the title track on a compilation sampler album, and like I'm kind of familiar with it. Okay, well, I never had this before. Here's the vinyl. It's in good condition. And when I first saw it, I went, ooh, okay. So I had to have it. As I'm talking to the vendor, I explain the whole ooh thing. And he goes, yeah, I I, I heard you make that sound. I didn't (laughs) want to say anything. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I thought I heard something like that come from you. 
I said, yeah, because I saw this wicked record and all that. So, yeah, that was really cool. Um, found another, um, of course, Diamond Head, Light, Lightning to the Nations. Okay, I found a super awesome. It's in perfect. It's almost new. And I would swear it was. Unfortunately, it's not the original pressing from 1982, 83, I guess. Basically, the the band in the album that wanted Lars to get into the biz. Okay. Silver Lining Records, though, re-released it last year. We they sent us the promotional copy of it and we and we and we played it last year. Well, oh, it's absolutely beautiful. You know, it's a it's 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 the gatefold. It's got the the liner notes, old pictures from back in the day when that record was first starting to rule the world and all that. So it's like, okay, sold. So I was glad to pick that up. Okay. Um, found a couple EPs, um, just a hardcore band, Scarred for Life, this, this, the seven inch. Nice. I found, yeah, yeah, I found. A uh, 12-inch single, I believe. No, no, it came from Canada here. Of um, 12-inch single of uh, the Plasmatics Butcher Baby. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Like I, that, I was really excited about that, and of course, in case you know, and anyone's wondering, yes, that's where. The current metal band, the Butcher Babies, got their name. They got it from the Plasmatics song. They were obviously quite heavily influenced by the Plasmatics because, as you, as as you, okay, when Wendell Williams did the electrical tape on the nipples thing, and right. that's what that's what the young ladies, that's what um, the young ladies from Butcher Babies did their first did their first for first couple albums so like you, you you took one look at the butcher babies back then and the the name of the band and the electrical tape and all that and it's like well they're big wendy o williams fans and good on them you know oh, yeah. like wendy o williams was actually one of the all-time greats um went up to another venue and the person in front of me is talking to the vendor the vendor says the band name Roach Motel. Okay, okay my ears. That? What's that? Why do I know that? Um, well, as it turned out, um, Roach, Roach, Roach Motel were a uh, punk band from Florida in the early 80s. Okay. Now, I, I never would have even heard of this band, okay, except years ago... Back in the day when I was reading Maximum Rock and Roll all the time, one of their columnists was in Roach Motel for a while. Okay. I remember reading a column about how he joined the band and a couple of the highlights and all that. I never, ne I never heard of this band until then, never seen any of their recordings. The, the band kind of left, left my head, even though with the arrival of the internet and all that. Up until the vendor mentions the band. So when he's done his business 
with the person in front of me. I say, dude, I just heard you say the word Roach Motel. And then he kind of went into his, his stock and he said, yeah, yeah, this, this this is it here. And he handed me Roach Motel's It's Lonely at the Top, which as it turned out, it's one of the compilation albums, you know, like like we're punk bands that have an album, a demo, a couple seven inches. They'll put them all onto one album, kind of like a greatest hits package. Yeah. Okay. And he explains, yeah, yeah. So I so I say to him, okay, Roach Motel. Can do you, what 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 can you tell me about this band? And he goes, well, yeah, they were a punk band, early '80s from Florida, blah blah blah. And I said, did one of them ever write for Maximum Rock and Roll? And he looked back at me and he goes, you know what? I'm not 110 on that, or I'm not sure and all that. So we so we thought about it for a minute, and then he goes, well, I guess we could always Google it. You can always just Roach Motel, Maximum Rock and Roll. So I did. Okay. Da, 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 da. Sure enough. Okay. Roach Motel. Without ever hearing this band. Sold because that <laughs> was the Roach Motel from, from the dude from Maximum Rock and Roll. That's like I cool. got a fair idea how it's going to sound. I just thought it was kind of appropriate listening to buying some things like un sound unheard you know because that's the way we did it and we've said this many times on the show our longtime listeners yeah you you guys have said this before but that's how we did it back yeah. back in the day we read a interview in a fanzine or a review in a magazine and then we trusted our gut we trusted that writer because we trusted him you know or her and so sound unheard just because of that, I picked up Roach Motel. I continued to talk uh, talk to the vendor and all that, just about well little things and all that. And he just through the course of that conversation, he mentioned that he was once in a band. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just curious, but like this guy's not ringing a bell. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just curious, like, what band was that? And I was just kind of expecting, you know, some rock band, like, maybe before I was even in, in, in Winnipeg. And he mentions the band name, which was Breath Grenades. That's when it hits me. Okay. Oh, Don, Donnie. <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah. I reintroduced myself. Dude, I haven't seen you for like 30 years. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I. Oh, yes, my goodness. I, like, you legit knew him? Yeah. Like, not personally too well, but like from, from back in the day, I saw his band and we said hi. You know, like, we, we, we weren't the best of friends, but right. he was, we, we came from the same scene and all that. And I told him, yeah, I remember, shit, I, we went to this, that, that, that one festival and my daughter, who's, you know, 30 years old now, we brought her out and I was carrying her in front of the stage and the whole set, you just made funny faces at her and she just, she loved everything and all that. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. I, yeah. Like, 
you know, because although uh, like like Winnipeg's not a big city, but it is. Right. You know, you know, you, you know, if, if, if he's not coming out, if he's, if breath grenades, like they stopped playing years ago and I haven't seen this guy at any, anyone else's gigs and all that for many, many years. And I just, ah, oh, yeah, it was so cool. It was so cool. I love it. I, you know, that's, that was really cool. And finally, let's, we're, we're going to get into some music here but what i call like my catch of the day yeah shall we say um the first booth okay that i saw as i was walking in there was a really cool seven inch single joan jett's jezebel okay and it's just a uh just a, a black and white silhouette type picture of her face with her name and the name of the song going for 25 bucks uh, that's kind of steep okay you know but it might you know mrs snowy might like this or whatever i'm a big joan jet runaways fan of course okay but i don't know if i'm ready to drop a 25 bucks on this we'll see so i went about my business i bought i was on my way out i stopped at that booth again and i saw that it was still available so I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to splurge. I'm going to buy this. Even though it was pretty pricey and I'm still kind of scratching my head as to why. Side B was the song Jezebel. Or side A was Jezebel. Okay, that was the name of the single. Side B was Bad Reputation. No. Okay. This is this is kind of where it gets kind of weird. Okay. I'm really curious about all of this. So when I got home and, you know, I'm going about my business, I do a bit of Googling. I do. I did my own research. As it turned out, Jezebel was the first single off of Joan Jett's debut record, which she independently released on her own. Wow. Okay. Which after the success of Joan Jett and the Blackhearts' I Love Rock and Roll album, their label would re-release that record that we know now as the Bad Reputation album. Wow. Yeah, I know. Like, this is a total Joan Jett DIY release, you know. And, uh, yeah, made in England. What year was this? 1980 <laughs> okay so yeah that that's why it was 25 bucks and that's why it still was there as i walked out because i honestly believe that the rock and roll gods wanted me to have this record oh yeah dude oh so yeah overall overall the manitoba record of music con it was a big success. It, it, it's exactly what I wanted. I've, I've picked up a, a bunch of cool records, but more importantly, I had a great afternoon spending it with a lot of great people, including shout out to uh, Brent and Old Gold Vintage Vinyl. He, he, he was one of the dudes setting up shop. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> 
you know, I, he, when, when I approached the booth, he was kind of sitting there and he was staring at his phone. He was, he was doing something on his phone. And I said to him, Hey, look alive, private. <laughs> and he didn't, didn't say anything, you know? And I said, Hey, Hey, Hey man. He goes, yeah, I'm, I know you're there, Snowy. Hi, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, in the middle, I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It was really good to see. I mean, it's just, Memories, memories. So anytime you have a music con, a pop culture con, if you can make it, if you can do it, just just go. Like I said, even if you don't plan on buying anything or just just just, just go take in the atmosphere, talk to some people, and I guarantee you'll have a good time. We're going to continue the good time here with uh, some music uh, from the Metal Battle compilation, um, which find, holy jeez, they go way, way back. But let's uh, drop a track here from their most recent record, the 2008 Play It to Death record. Let's just go with the title track. This is the mighty witch find.
spooky, deserted mansion. Halloween night. All right, dudes! And it does. Let's party! Ten kids. All they want to do is raise a little hell. Now, as long as they live, they'll wonder what's gotten into them. Night of the Demons. Blessed be the sinners, for the Day of Atonement is at hand. Stop looking at me! Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday nights on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. A day and night, I look around and see My whole life is kicking up me 
was the aforementioned Scarred for Life from their EP, Far From Home. And just trying to decide on a track from that, I ultimately went with the cover of uh, Battalion of Saints, My Mind's Diseased. And after listening to that, you can kind of tell why. And I had to do it, dude. Had to do a Roach Motel song. That was Brooke Shields' Must Die from the It's Lonely at the Top compilation from the Mighty Roach Motel, one of my new favorite bands. <laughs> and like I said, um, the dude from Maximum Rock and Roll, you know, like if I had actually discovered beyond that basic information, if I had actually discovered Roach Motel, I'm sure it would have been one of my favorite bands from all of these years. Hopefully, uh, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we'll be saying all this great stuff about tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. Hey, dude. We've had some current thrash, current legendary punk bands. We've had some classic thrash. We've had some classic punk. 
How about a little bit of uh, skinny puppy slash nine inch nails slash ministry type influenced band um, Trick Casket? Their new single Filth came across my desk, and I was just it was it was just one of those bands that I just obviously. The moniker is the first thing that catches your attention. Oh, yeah. That's a great name, dude. So I'm like, okay, you know what? This is interesting. So I'm going to check it out. You know, I go to their package and, oh, checking okay. Out che- che- checking out their package. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's one of the bonuses from the show, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... And it's like, okay, we don't get a lot of submissions, you know, from Skinny Puppy, Nine Inch Nails typed influence music. Let me give this a listen. Hey, this has got some cool shit. I think Aaron would really dig this as well. So without further ado, this is Trick Casket, their single filth, tonight's Indie Spotlight. So kind, our bones 
mom and dad. I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks. And I'm getting very scared. Welcome to sleepaway camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba Reba! Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Sleepaway camp. You won't be coming home. Right on, right on. Great stuff. Facebook.com slash trick casket and trick trickcasket.bandcamp.com. Check them out there. Really, really great stuff. I can't wait until you know the uh the full length or from their package makes it <laughs> makes its way across my desk i see a theme here hmm i think i think we'd better wrap this up um how to wrap you up know, the big package <laughs> across your we're desk. gonna wrap up the, the big package across my desk okay let's Let's get this crazy train into well, the station here. Before here. we do oh, that, shit. like since we're already off the rails and saying ridiculous things, okay. I would like to share with you our former co-host, Corrine, um, officially won the internet for the day when okay. she posted this meme. <laughs> it's okay. one of those ones that I just can't stop laughing. Life is like a helicopter. I don't know how to operate a helicopter. <laughs> I just, I just can't stop laughing because I'm like, oh god, that's so true. There we go. That, yeah. that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, I just uh, I love yeah. it. I commented, I'm like, Corrine, I love you. That's just amazing. Yeah. Um, but then I also need to share this because I I meant to talk talk about this with my metal fix. Um, tomorrow, as we're recording, so like you know, a few days ago, as you're listening to this is in theaters one night only back to the future the original oh wow to take it my son to see it i am super excited for him to see that in the theater okay i'm gonna check check my local listings because they announced or like i saw on facebook the the first halloween is back in the theaters the first dawn of the dead and all that it's like i checked my listings and i couldn't Playing everywhere but my my area. What the fuck? Go to fathomevents.com. Oh, okay. That seems to be the group that's putting it on in North America, I believe. I, I'm assuming they're also doing it in Canada, but they they they've been doing a lot of stuff everywhere. Right on. Right on. Yeah, if there was anything positive that came out of the pandemic was um, the theaters were looking for material, like to stuff to air and i managed to see uh the original halloween and empire strikes back in the theater again so yeah uh, there's that how can uh people get a hold of us well dear snowman radioactive metal.org that's all the episodes past present and future 
If you are listening to this, you've probably found us on some sort of podcast aggregator. Maybe it's the Apple iTunes podcast app, whichever, whatever we call it now. Maybe it's Google Play. Maybe it's something new I haven't even heard of yet. Maybe it's Speaker, no, Spreaker, Stitcher, whatever those are. But um, mm-hmm. if you can use the internet, you can find us. We triple dog dare you to not find us on some sort of podcast app because we're all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. We are proud members of the Shiny Wizards Network, shinywizardsnetwork.com. And thanks to them, we're also on Spotify. So if you go to the uh, the Spotify, I'm going to sound like an old man here, the Spotify, <laughs> and you search for the Shining Wizards Network, well, you're going to find their podcast, uh, family, and network, all a bunch of shows, and we'll be wrapped in with that bunch of shows. And it's mm-hmm. just great, man. Lots of great shows out there. Those are great guys at the Shining Wizards Network, so definitely check them out. And well, let's see here. What else am I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, Instagram at redmetal666, facebook.com slash redmetal. And if you mm-hmm. just want to, you know, type out an email, redmetal666 at gmail.com. Right on, right on to get us on out of here recently, courtesy of the good folks at Seasons of Miss, Profanatica dropped their latest re- release. Crooks Simplex, really, really cool stuff. Let's go with the first fall. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a Pros at Cons episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.